Hi everyone, it's Rachel and Jen. We just wanted to quickly interject that even though we do say that our name is It's No Citizen Kane, we have actually since changed our name. Our name is no longer It's No Citizen Kane. We are now One Person's Trash is Our Treasure, aka Optiot, O-P-T-I-O-T. So now for our social media, you can find us on One Person's Trash is Our Treasure.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Optiot, that's O-P-T-I-O-T, and we're also on Instagram at Optiot Pod. Yeah, so that's all. Back to the show. Rachel. I'm Jen. And today we're going to talk about The Mummy. The Mummy. And The Mummy. Three different movies, all made far apart from each other by Universal Studios. And uh, it's going to be tough. (laughs) (laughs) Jen and I are huge fans of the 1999 Mummy remake. So when we saw the trailer for the 2017 remake that just came out, uh, we were mm, tentative. Yeah. It's a good word to use, <laughs> but we uh, we went against our better judgment <laughs> and sat through it, mm-hmm. which is the best way to describe what happened. Yeah. We also watched the 1932 Mummy, which is the original one, so that we could uh, compare all three and kind of have a cross analysis, all three versions, and see what was similar and what was different. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the heroine, the hero, and the mummy characters in all three movies. If you have anything to contribute to our discussion, please reach out to us at No Citizen Kane on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find us at our website, it's nocitizenkane.com. Yeah, so I hope you enjoy. Jen and I just recently went to see the remake of Universal's The Mummy. With Who Tom Cruise. Who boy is an understatement. Let me just real quick take a sip of this awful wine. Yeah, we're drinking uh, terrible table wine, uh, which was ah, a ah. which was a housewarming gift from our mutual friend, Katie. Shout out to Katie. Blah. Yeah. But still better than the mummy. <laughs> I would rather drink two bottles of this wine straight than ever watch that movie again. Samesies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, contrarily, if that's a word, <laughs> Jen and I also just watched the original 1932 version of The Mummy, and we both found that rather delightful. It was surprisingly fun to watch. It was. like I like how you didn't say good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. And before we went to go see the new version of The Mummy... In preparation, we had watched the Brendan Brendan Fraser version. Arguably, not arguably, absolutely the best. The best version of The Mummy. Genuinely a great movie, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mine too. It's funny that we didn't know that about each other for like our entire friendship. Well, I fault you in this for not knowing that I would like that movie. <laughs> argue okay. with me, Jen. Argue right. with me. <laughs> no, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I probably should have guessed, but um, yeah, Rachel loves. How would you put it? Ancient Egypt. Yeah, I, I mean, like she would always read 
little cute little like kid books about like ancient Egypt. Yeah, I still have them. Yeah. (laughs) But I always like I think I've seen that movie a million times. I have it mostly memorized. You hadn't seen it in a long time. I hadn't seen it in a really long time. I don't know that I ever owned it. I definitely didn't watch it as many times as you did, but I loved it. Like, (sighs) what I find interesting is that I find that movie surprisingly feminist Mm -hmm. for, you know, not only the time that it came out, the 1999 version, Mm -hmm. but also just because back then that wasn't something that was on my mind and yet it still appealed to me. Yeah, there's definitely something about... The character of Evie that as a kid, I don't know, like it seems, it seems overblown to use the word empowering. Like that seems like a little much, but like, you know. I don't think so. No? No, I, continue with your thought. I I just like, there, there are things that I look back on that I watched as a kid and I go, you know what? I loved that female character and I had no idea at the time that like, like, I didn't think about it the way I think about it now. And I look back on it, and there are, there are female characters who I'm so thankful to have had as a kid. And I think Evie's one of those characters. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I grew up on princess movies, <laughs> so I never identified with the tomboys. Mm-hmm. And in action movies, you either have the um, furniture female character, who basically doesn't need to be there, or she's this modernized icky femme fatale Mm -hmm. because the original femme fatale is kind of badass the femme fatale trope has turned into such a crazy fucking caricature yeah it it should be its own podcast yeah we we can't get into it we'll talk for hours (laughs) so i didn't find a lot of female characters in action movies who i identified with and evie was one of them it was nice that she was smart but dainty well, but also, like, not a victim. No, you know, like she's, she, she's feminine and she's like, I want to use the word soft, but that seems reductive. But, like, she's also strong-willed. Exactly. So why don't you explain, I mean, we've already started to talk about Evie, but why don't you explain the idea that you had for um, how we're going to talk about these three movies? Okay. So these three movies, they all have some similar characters in them. There's the hero, the female lead, the heroine, and the mummy. So I thought that it would be interesting to talk about those three characters across the three remakes to compare and contrast. So uh, since we're already talking about the heroine, why don't we just continue on with that? Okay. This might end up being the longest portion of the... (laughs) Yeah, it probably will be. Okay, well, we had an interesting experience in watching the original Mummy with regard to the heroine in the film. Because I don't think either of us were really expecting much. It was made in 1932. 1932. So (laughs) I don't think either of us were expecting her to be anything but like a damsel. Which she was a damsel, but we we were all um, shocked and delighted by her uh, surprising personality. Yeah, she, mostly in that she had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had gotten to see more of it because it was my favorite part of the movie. It was so good. That one scene of her lying on the couch. She mm-hmm. had some great zingers. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. She was so full of sass. It yeah. was great. 
so with this movie being from 1932, uh, I, I, I went into it assuming she would be a piece of furniture mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Um, I thought her most of her lines would be like screaming in terror. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I totally expected that she would exist only for the hero and the mummy to have their story told. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, the hero in the 1932 version kind of sucks. Yeah, kind like, of not really much of a hero. The most boring character in the movie. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything. No. And she kind of is the focus of the movie, if we're being honest. Yeah. You know, coming out of the Tom Cruise nightmare and <laughs> and the Brendan Fraser version. Right, wait, can we call this version of the mummy the Tom Cruise nightmare? <laughs> well, do you want to call it the Tom Cruise nightmare or the Tom Cruise dumpster fire? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> The Tom Cruise dumpster fire nightmare. Okay, good. Okay, good. I mean, it's a mouthful, but it's worth it. How many times do you think it'll take us to say that before we start stuttering? It probably also depends on how much of this wine we get down. Yeah, I'm going to guess three. Okay. Okay. I'm going to guess one, because the next time I say it, it's not going to come out right. Anyway, so, and comparing it to the 1999 Brennan Fraser version. With Evie, who we love so much. Yes, I really expected the 1932 version to be just a movie about this swashbuckling dude to mm-hmm. come in and take down this evil mummy guy. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't like that. The, no. I mean, the mummy in the 1999 version has, we'll get more into this later, has more depth than the Tom Cruise dumpster fire, what was it? The Tom Cruise. <laughs> you were right. I was right. <laughs> then the Tom Cruise dumpster fire nightmare. Mm-hmm. But the mummy from the 1932 version has probably the most depth, you know? Yeah. The, the, the certainly, certainly the most morally complex. Not morally complex. You had more sympathy for him. Yeah, I guess. The 1999 version was definitely more of a romp and therefore the villain was more binary. Yeah, they in that one. they they definitely painted with that brush the entire time. Um so even some of the moral complexities of the mummy's background is like kind of not toward the end it kind of, you know, like yeah. he he's pretty much just evil whereas in the 1932 version he really like his motives kind of remain complex the entire time. Yeah, and, and he's not trying to, like, destroy the world. Yeah. You know, he, mm-hmm. he never, his goal is never to take over the world like Emotep from 1999 version. Or the <laughs> dumpster fire nightmare. Yeah. You didn't say the whole name. <laughs> the Tom Cruise dumpster fire nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awful. I mean, one thing that, oh, God, I... Like, I would even watch that movie again, which I had not, I, w- I would not have guessed before we watched it. Like, when we when we were getting ready to watch it, we poured ourselves some Kraken and Coke, and we were like, we're just going to sit down and make fun of this movie, probably. We got shit-faced. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but we enjoyed it so much more than we thought we would. And yeah, one of the things about the heroine in that movie that shocked me was that she kind of in the end, fixed everything? She saves the day, basically. Yeah, like, great comparison to the 1999 version mm-hmm. where Evie basically saves the day. Yeah. You know? So let's let's kind of talk about 
the Tom Cruise dumpster fire nightmare. The heroin? And the heroin from that. Okay, well, as I keep getting stuck on and have brought up multiple times, the heroine's introduction is that she storms up to Tom Cruise and slaps him across the face. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. Great start. Off to a great start. Yep. And then um, from there, we get some really awkward shots of her midriff. Um, Yeah. What was that shot? I don't know. The fact that her character introduction is that and and also background that 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 tells that they had Tom Cruise and her had had a one night stand the night previously. Mm hmm. And then she gets treated like an object for the next, like, 20 minutes of the movie is disgusting. Yeah. That's not how you write a female character at all. Yeah, it's really weird to think that, in a way, the 1932 version, she pretty much saves the entire day. Mm -hmm. The 1999 version, Evie saves the day, but Brendan Fraser's the one who, like, stabs him in the end or something. Yeah. And then in this version, the heroine is literally just furniture. She she's literally not alive no. for the end of the movie. No, she's she's she, literally dead. She has like nothing to do with the end of it other than that he brings her back to life with his magical Egyptian god powers. What what what? Yeah, it so dumb. And it, like they made her an archaeologist like Evie, except she was weird about it (laughs) well that's okay here's the thing like when (laughs) the first time they go into the tomb this is like early on in the movie you don't know okay there are obviously going to be spoilers for the move for the the new mummy in this podcast and for the other two mummies yeah but we you know we always have spoilers just just know that yeah (laughs) um when when that scene happens you don't know that she is, like, a part of this shitty monster movie Avengers initiative. So her reactions to everything just make her look really weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we were laughing. And what was that one line when, when she, like, got spooked? She was like... Okay, so th- the tomb doesn't look like a tomb. No shit. Like, they didn't even try to actually emulate Egyptian culture. In this movie. One of my favorite things about watching all three of these movies with Rachel is how frustrated she gets when something is, like, super inaccurate. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so anyway, this female character who is nameless, because I don't remember her name. I don't even think I bothered to write it down in my notes. Yes, you fucking did. I did write it down. (laughs) Her name is Jenny. (laughs) As, As Tom Cruise yells at her as oh we'll get into that oh man (laughs) oh my god her name is jenny (laughs) so jenny is in the tomb and she's investigating everything and you know not like she saw anything that actually meant anything as far as ancient egypt or egyptian history goes she just decides this isn't a tomb it's a prison and she she's horrified. Yeah, she like shudders. Yeah, like, we're, we're sitting there and we're like, the fuck? Yeah, because we don't you know you know you don't know that she's like in on this like monster movie bullshit yet. Mm-hmm. So it just makes her sound 
kind of dumb. Like, she's supposed to be this smart archaeologist, and then she says this, like, kind of dumb thing. Yeah. That, like, a scientist would never say. Yeah. That, like, the thing is, when you're dealing with 5,000-year-old dead people, you know they're dead. When Emotep pops out of his sarcophagus... They jump because, oh my god. Yeah. But then Evie gets up close and she goes, well, this is odd. He looks as though he's still decomposing. And she's, you know, she thinks it's interesting. And the camera pans in and there's that annoying screaming noise in the background. Mm -hmm. And and that's for the viewer to be creeped out. But Brendan Fraser and Evie and Jonathan, I like how I call him Brendan Fraser. (laughs) (laughs) Brendan Fraser. What's his name? Uh, Rick. Okay. Brendan Fraser and Evie and Jonathan. You continue to do so. Yes, that's going to be my thing. They're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a mummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been dead for 5,000 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know that you're living in a monster movie universe, there's nothing to be afraid of. Why would you react that way? But this movie obviously knew, like, everyone knew that they were in a monster movie universe, which is kind of well, part of the movie. Except for Tom Cruise, because anytime he was faced with something, he was like, what? Like, oh, when yeah. His, when, his, when his fucking buddy for, who, from New Girl, when he was in the, um, when they woke up in the morgue. Yeah. And he was there, and Tom Cruise yeah. woke up, and he was like, oh, hey, buddy, what are you doing here? Yeah. And I was like, zombie. He's a zombie. Yeah. He's a zombie, though. But he's obviously a zombie. Yeah, exactly. Like, the pallid skin and the... Yeah, like, the sunken eyes. Yeah. Uh, like, it's just everything. Literally everything about him was zombie. Yeah. I don't fucking know what this movie was. <laughs> it was a dumpster fire nightmare. Oh, man. So, yeah. It, she, she acts like a ditz when she goes into that tomb. And she's basically just a ditz throughout the rest of the movie. I you know... Mean, we're supposed to believe that she and Tom Cruise have this, like, chemistry? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, this is something that I brought up and uh, is relevant because I have something to say about one of the other movies. Um, the stakes for the new Mummy movie, other than the world, <laughs> but they don't focus on that part of it. That's not where the focus is. They The, the stakes as presented by the movie, are his life and her life and their relationship. None of which we're really made to care that much about. They don't, like, what relationship? They don't have a relationship. Exactly. Uh, Rachel Weiss and Brendan Fraser have great chemistry. Great chemistry. The actors from the 1932 version, they don't have chemistry, but at least well, she's sassy. <laughs> that was also like... The stakes in the Brendan Fraser movie are the world. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty clearly put out there and presented by the movie. Um, The stakes in the 1932 version, the way I felt them, were the heroine. Yeah, exactly. Her life. Her life is the only stake in that movie. But you care, you know? Yeah, and and she saves herself. Exactly! It's so awesome! (laughs) But so they really... she's, She's not written to be an intelligent character, which is fucking bullshit because she should be. And I wanted to root for her the entire time. It was the thing, apart from the fact that I was watching a mess, it was the thing that I was struggling with most was that I really wanted to like her and root for her. Um, but the, the writing made it so fucking difficult. I wrote in my notes, there was there was a part of the movie when um, Tom Cruise and the heroine are running away from Aminet. It seems, it feels important to, to look up her name. Jenny? Yeah. Oh, Jenny. Okay. 
Remember? <laughs> Jenny! But isn't that so bad that the only reason we remember her name... It's really bad. ...is because Tom Cruise had a Forrest Gump moment and screamed, <laughs> Jenny! Like... <laughs> but, and, like, it makes me feel bad because I'm like, I should remember her name. But you shouldn't. They, but, they, but they really don't present it as if it's... Im- Important, except for when he screams it like that. Yeah. But I think the the part I'm about to mention is right after that happens, actually. <laughs> um, where they're running away from Aminette, and he was going to leave Jenny behind. Exactly. What the fuck? <laughs> I was going to say that earlier. Like, we're supposed to believe they have all this chemistry, but she has no self-respect. This guy who only slept with her so he could steal from her. Yeah, and in the beginning of the movie, she's like, fuck you, I don't care about you, just like, it's it's fucking fine, but just like, you, you only care about yourself, get out of my face. Yeah. And then she just completely goes back on it throughout the movie goes on, only because he gave her a parachute in the plane when it went down. Yeah. And he even says at one point, I thought there was another one. So he's, <laughs> so he's driving this truck away from Aminette, and... He's going to, like, leave Jenny behind. And she's, like, running after the truck. He's like, wait for me. And he's like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. So she finally gets in the truck. And then they, they realize that he's taken them back to the place where Aminette was. And um, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why doesn't she do something? Like, why doesn't she take the wheel from him? Why doesn't she, like, they, she wasn't written with, she wasn't written with the intent of shaping the plot. Yeah. She was written to be a nice garnish for his character. Exactly. Exactly. She She is the parsley on his steak and potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Apart from the fact that she brings Tom Cruise into the fold of this Avengers Initiative bullshit, she doesn't have any... Autonomy? Autonomy is a good one, but... Purpose? Objective. That's not the one I was looking for, but it's like she doesn't... Even in the simplest of moments like that, like she's not written with any kind of thought to how a real person would conduct themselves in that situation. Yeah, exactly. She's literally just there to be the female character to the male lead. Which is, we're so, we should be so far past that. Yeah, like, as I said earlier, the 1932 version, the the hero in that one... Barely, Super boring. Yeah, barely matters. Didn't do a lot. Yeah. It just Really only cared about her in a weird and creepy way. Exactly. <laughs> like, really creepy. But she is so important. Like, the plot could not happen without her. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Tom Cruise version, she really doesn't need to be there <laughs> at all. Yeah. I don't think anything she did really affected the plot. Other than maybe making tom cruise letting him in on the the dark universe something interesting this movie uh, passed the bechdel test a little bit oh yeah that one conversation they had yeah which was like bullshit and they did end up talking about tom cruise (laughs) yeah eventually (laughs) yeah but um that was fucking weird even though like both female characters uh aminette and jenny are like some of the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. What, what I did like, actually, is in that scene, she does approach Aminette as she's restrained by the Avengers Initiative team. Mm-hmm. Um, she does approach her with genuine enthusiasm and curiosity about 
where she comes from and she who she is. Like, she is genuinely interested. And that is probably the only bit of personality we ever get out of her. Yeah. But, like, if we talk about opening scenes, Jenny's opening scene is slapping Tom Cruise in the face. Evie's opening scene is her sorting a library and fucking the whole library up. <laughs> you know? What I love about Evie is that she fucks up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, and that's okay. You're, like, your female characters should make terrible mistakes because people make terrible mistakes. Yeah. And she spends the rest of the movie trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. And she does ultimately fix it. And that's great, you know? Like, <sighs> I love her that so movie would not have happened at all if she hadn't been there. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so awesome. And same can be said for the 1932 version. That movie would not have happened were it not for that heroine. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, in the 1932 version, I would have liked if Helen had been a little bit less of a victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too. The plot of the 1932 version is basically that the mummy Emotep is a priest who is mummified alive because he gets frisky with the pharaoh's daughter. And then she dies and he tries to bring her back, which is like sacrilege or whatever. Right. So that's why they mummify him alive. And then... When the um, archaeologists find him in the 20s, one of them reads a scroll that happened to be intact in his tomb. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, brings him back to life. His entire mission from that point on is to find Oxenamen, his lady love, and bring her back to life. Lady love. <laughs> and bring her back to life. And it just so happens that Helen, the heroine, uh, is her great 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 times a thousand granddaughter? That actress is not Egyptian. Nope. <laughs> Neither is Rachel Weiss. Nope. Uh, who is also supposed to be half Egyptian. Mm-hmm. But um, she basically is the reincarnation of Oxenamen. Mm-hmm. And when Emotep realizes that, he kind of starts to control her and eventually tells her that he's going to perform, perform this ceremony on her to make her a living zombie like he is that was really interesting because the the 1932 version is the most mystical uh of of the three because the our art of bay the mummy seems to have this weird power (laughs) where he racist power racist power not not the only movie to do that but Mm -hmm. you know um and and through that, something in her responds because she is like the reincarnation of this princess. And when he does something to make the princess's soul come to the forefront of Helen's like, being? I don't know, being. <laughs> yeah, what word do you use? Um, then she like, she, Helen is being inhabited by the princess's soul. And so she kind of becomes a different character at that point. And I found that really interesting and this character actually hadn't done anything wrong and and was just in love with this guy who's now a mummy and equally not as down with it yes exactly as 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 helen had been yeah exactly throughout the entire movie is terrified 
Like, when she's not being hypnotized, like, when she snaps out of it, she's mm-hmm. freaked the fuck out. Yeah. She, she does not. She's not down. She's like, please help me. Like, <laughs> save me from this yeah. man. She what? doesn't like the fact that she loses her agency. Yeah. She's like, whatever I do, I don't care what I do or say, don't let me fucking leave. Yeah. But so when when the princess Aksanaman is in Helen's being, whatever. Body. Um, <laughs> and, she's, and she's like talking to Ardeth Bay and she's like, thanks for bringing me back. Buddy, boo. <laughs> yeah, boo. Um, and he's like, "Yes, now we can be together forever." And she's like, "Yeah." And then he's like, first I must do this," and like he's gonna kill her so that they yeah. can be so zombies. Can, so he can bring together. her back as a zombie, yeah. so they can be zombies together forever. Yeah. And she's like, "Wait a second, yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't sign up for that." No, and she doesn't want it. And she's yeah. like, "This is unnatural," and she gets freaked out. And then she's she's like, "Wait a second, there's another person in this body that's not me. Like this, this is someone else's body. Who mm-hmm. you know? Like I I loved that part. It lasted for like two minutes, but yeah, I thought that part was really interesting. And the uh, the princess Aksanaman is also a priestess of Isis, mm-hmm. and she then uses her priestessly powers <laughs> to basically kill Emotep and mm-hmm. stop all of this. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome. It was super awesome. Yeah, like, you know, it, she literally saves the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The her- hero runs in and is like, what's going on? And then she runs over and does does the thing and gets shit done. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so good. And in the um, Brendan Fraser version, you have Evie who um, accidentally wakes the mummy up because of because of her hubris, but also her curiosity. Yeah. Mostly curiosity, but hubris is there. Uh, she wakes the mummy up. People keep saying, like, stay out of this. We're the men. We'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And she continuously keeps, like, fighting to help and solve the problem she caused, She's you know? She's the best. And in the end... She uses her skill and knowledge of ancient Egyptian writing to break the curse on Emotep and make him mortal so that he can be killed. Mm-hmm. And then Brendan Fraser stabs him through the stomach. But he's just the muscle. Yeah, but through but pretty much the entire 20 minutes before that, they, Brendan Fraser is literally getting thrown around. Oh, yeah. They, 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 like, absolutely. They would not have been able to do it if it were not for Evie. Yeah. Like, she saved the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's great. And then... I love her so much. She's got so much personality mm-hmm. and she's so great. Mm-hmm. And then the 2017 version with Tom Cruise, the dumpster fire nightmare, <laughs> Jenny dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's literally dead for like 10 minutes before the movie ends. I think it's more than 10 minutes. I would not be surprised because that movie felt like it lasted seven days. Yeah. It... <laughs> uh, yeah. So she she's dead. Mm-hmm. And then Tom Cruise becomes magical and brings her back to life. Like also super fridged because like her death gives Tom Cruise the inspiration to like do things. Oh my God. Fucking... Stab me. Eat a Please, dick. seriously. I just want to be stabbed in the eyeballs. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So that's that's heroines. I mean, like, we could probably keep going. There's more to mine there, but, you know, whatever. The heroes next. The 1932 hero. <laughs> Boring, as we've said, like, 80 times. Uh, he wore a really great hat in the beginning of the movie. He <laughs> It was very round. And I enjoyed it very much. I don't have a lot else to say about him. Well, but that's the thing. I He's know. so boring. He he did nothing in the movie. Yeah. He like 
I mean, interesting for sure. Yeah. Not his character, just the fact that he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have a lot to say about him. Yeah. I mean, in comparison to Brendan Fraser from the 1999 version, who is delightful. Yeah. Who we really love. I mean, Rick is an asshole in that movie. He definitely is. I, I think I said this a few times. Tom Cruise was... Tom Cruise wishes he was Brendan Fraser, you know? <laughs> In, in how he acted, like, the characters were obviously supposed to be similar, but they just weren't played off right. It was, they, I, I'm more than, I mean, it was, the, it was also the right, like, the writing was the, awful. The movie was written really weirdly. And so it was all over the place. And the moments when they tried to, like, have a Brendan Fraser-esque moment, it did not play. No. Tonally, or, I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, Brendan Fraser is just better at pulling off those kinds of moments. Yeah, Brendan Fraser has a great combination of the humor and the ability to be an action hero Mm -hmm. while also acting. (laughs) Yeah, and then he's able to have, like, really great human moments like the campfire scene yeah we don't all of the campfire scenes yeah we don't get any of that from tom cruise's character no not at all the entire movie he's literally trying to assert the fact that he's just an asshole Mm -hmm. and it's like why do we care about you then you know it's fine if you're asserting the fact that you're an asshole but the movie isn't showing us any differently seriously and it's it's like we were supposed to believe differently. There yeah. was an interesting moment that I wanted them to mine for more, and they did not. When, I don't remember where it is in the movie, but it's after, obviously, the plane crash. Because Jenny says to him, or maybe he starts it, where he's like, you know, you were right about me, all those things you said when you were yelling at me and stuff. And then she's like, no, I see good in you. You gave me the last parachute and you're so great. Mm-hmm. Which like, we're not talking about her. <laughs> yeah. But, and then and then he goes, I thought there was another one. Which yeah. like was kind of played for laughs, but if they had mined that more and like done different stuff with that i could have been persuaded to be interested in him yeah with the way the movie ends which is basically that the mummy needs him to come to her full power because she needs to basically bring the egyptian god of death set to earth through him as the vessel Mm -hmm. and set will take over his body and his power will go and actually it really wasn't clear because i was under the understanding that set would take over him and set was like a person like not a person but like a like a being, but apparently Set was just a dark energy that takes over and gives him powers because it didn't like, it wasn't like a different person inside of Tom Cruise. It really was not made clear. I, it's not even worth talking about because no. that movie was just such a fucking mess. It's it not even, it's not even worth it unpacking. It was a dumpster fire nightmare. Yeah. So anyway, the with the way it ended with Tom Cruise becoming the Egyptian god of death, basically, and having power over life and death, it really would have been interesting for them to explore the fact that he is kind of just a piece of shit, mm-hmm. but now he has all this power and all this responsibility. You know, that that could have been an interesting angle, even if you didn't want to give him, like, a redemption. The establishment of Tom Cruise's character is him and his buddy, who they're a part of the military in some way, and they just and they're in Iraq. Yeah, and they just like loot places. 
Yeah, and they haven't been kicked out of the army yet? Yeah, and like... And it's known that they do this. And that isn't enough of a despicable trait for them to, like, go, okay, now that we've established that he's not a great person, let's do some work on his character. They have mm-hmm. to continue to make him be unlikable. I, I, I just don't understand. The thing that they thought would make us care about him is, look, he has feelings for this girl that we treated as an object for the first half hour of the movie. And who he literally abandons to a mummy. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, like, trying to... Who is literally killing everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, Rick, Brendan Fraser's character from the 1999 version, he is, like, a, a jerk. Yeah, you know? not a morally perfect character. No, <laughs> not at all. But even so, he never is willing... He never leaves Evie behind. Or, when, like, anybody who he's supposed to be working with, right? No, I mean, he leaves Benny behind. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's part of why he's kind of despicable and not and morally ambiguous. Yeah. Like, he saves Evie from the boat. He saves Evie repeatedly when they're in the tomb and stuff is going down. He protects the little guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, that's who, a good way of putting it. You know, and... Tom Cruise doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Rick also, as you mentioned, has those moments where he is kind of a human being, where he connects with Evie yeah. at, at, you know, at the campfire when she's drunk and she's trying to explain that she's here not because she cares about treasure, but because she cares about knowledge. Mm-hmm. And she also kind of has a chip on her shoulder about the fact that she's a woman and can't get a job in archaeology because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And she wants this adventure and this, I love that movie. you know, such a good movie. And and he he admits like I don't get I don't get it like why and mm-hmm. she has to explain it because he can't understand that someone would would be like that mm-hmm. you know and that's interesting you know yeah. he he actually has a character and for the most part he's not gross about her for the most part for the most part yeah for the most for part. the most part it was 1999 <laughs> for the most part yeah <laughs> I mean there is like the gross kiss thing in the beginning yes yeah. I hadn't remembered that, so when we watched it and it happened, I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not happy with that moment. Um, there, there are some things in that movie that I would change. but Yeah, me um, too. I, I would make it less racist. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> but um, the kiss thing is kind of gross. But the rest of the movie kind of makes up for it, you know? A little bit, mostly. Evie is really never sexualized after that. No. So... It's nice that after that gross kiss, they really just form a interpersonal romantic tension. Yeah. You know, and and it's realized at the end when they kiss and, you know. But I like that he treats her like a person. Mm -hmm. You know, he gets to know her and they have real tender moments. And Movies are hard to accomplish, like romantic relationships that feel genuine and that feel like they had enough time and enough experiences to go through where a moment at the end where they get together or whatever feels fulfilling. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, you know, the 1999 version does a pretty good job of making it feel like these two people really like each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And that they like each other as people (laughs) and not as sex objects, you know? Yeah, exactly. I like that we didn't get a sex scene or any mention of sex. He is very charming, though. He's very handsome. So now we move on to the mummies. Which one? (laughs) (laughs) You dick. (laughs) Okay. We kind of touched on this, but let's start 
as we always must, with the 1932 version. Okay. Uh, the mummy is... <laughs> we were very confused. <laughs> the movie starts with these two guys, these um, these archaeologists, and they have uncovered this sarcophagus. So they're like, you know, looking at stuff, whatever. There's like this... <laughs> this like shitty intern. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> who, like, who, like, starts um, uh, looking at this scroll or whatever. With when unbuffed. everyone else has left the room and t- to discuss why they shouldn't look at the scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just takes his dirty, ungloved hands, which yeah. drove Rachel crazy. And- <laughs> On this perfectly intact 5,000-year-old papyrus scroll. Yeah, Nick's like, how does he know it's just not going to, like, break in two when he opens it? And you're like, he doesn't. <laughs> um... So as he's, you know, looking at this thing that he just can't resist. We we see the sarcophagus where he's like there and we see his arms moving. Mm-hmm. And then the next shot of the sarcophagus, mm-hmm. he's gone. The mummy's gone. Mm-hmm. And then we see the mummy's hand in a shot next to the <laughs> shitty intern. Right. And he leaves a perfect handprint. A perfect handprint <laughs> right on the papyrus scroll. And he looks up and he sees the mummy and he laughs himself to death. Literally. He literally laughs himself to death. And it's the weirdest sounding laughter. I mean, it's crazy laughter. So I guess that's I'm, that's fair. Yeah, I guess mission accomplished there. But <laughs> just... Yeah, yep. I don't know. <laughs> so, so the mummy just like literally wanders off into the desert. And then it's like 10, ten years, years later. <laughs> and the... Um, I mean, hey, interesting. Yeah, and that that what I found interesting is... I was expecting the mummy was going to take over the world. Mm-hmm. No, no, he was literally just trying to get his girlfriend back. Yeah, he just like slips into normal society. Yeah, he he like looks normal again. Mm-hmm. He wanders around the world as a man named Ardith Bay. And the archaeologist who found the mummy, the boss of the shitty intern, <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's his name as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. He has a son who is the hero of the movie mm-hmm. and with the great hat with the great hat and no personality he he is out excavating the desert Ardith bay shows up and gives him a tip mm-hmm. that there is a tomb somewhere nearby that will have a find as great as his dad's so he goes and digs up what ends up being the princess the five thousand year old corpse of the princess <laughs> Which is Ardith Bay's plan. So Ardith Bay spends the next few scenes kind of like creeping in the museum where the princess Oxenamen is being kept mm-hmm. to kind of raise her corpse from the dead because at, at the time that's his best plan. That's mm-hmm. the best one he's got. And um, when he realizes that Oxenamen was reincarnated into Helen's body... He changes his plans, and then he goes after her. And we kind of already discussed that. Mm-hmm. And what we've also already discussed is the fact that his his motivations are so direct and kind of, like, on a small scale and mild and kind of human. Yeah, the stakes in this one don't include the world. Not at all. I mean, he's, as I said, I was surprised that he was wandering around for 10 years. Because just hanging out, <laughs> hanging out waiting for his moment to find Oxenamen so he can finally bring her back as he planned right before his death. Yeah. And that's so interesting to me that his only goal in life is to bring back the woman he loved. 
rather than, you know, take over the world. Because I feel like in the 1999 version, at the end of the day, that's Emotep's goal as well. But then they kind of like spread it out to make it so that he's angry and wants to take over the world too, which doesn't really make a ton of sense. No. Yeah. I mean, that also could be read as like willing to do anything to get what he wants and therefore like taking over is one of those things. But that doesn't completely track either. No, because my my problem is I could get the, you know, I'm angry at the world for doing this to me, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really make any sense why they would put Emotep from the 1999 version under this horrible curse that if awoken would allow him to take over the world. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like, you'd think you would do that to someone who you actually want to take over the world because it would make them a fucking, like, god who cannot be killed. It it just, that makes no sense to me. (laughs) It's like the biggest flaw in the 1999 version. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. You know, like... The reason, the the idea behind what they did to Emotep from the 1932 version is they just prevented him from ever going into the afterlife, which is, that tracks with Egyptian history somewhat. Mm -hmm. Mummification was sacred. So the fact that they mummify these people at all is kind of stupid. You know, like, you wouldn't do that. It's sacred. Yeah. And these are criminals. Whatever. But um, the fact that they are preventing them from going to the afterlife does does make sense. Uh, The fact that they could make them possibly come back to life, eh. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact that Emotep from the 1999 version can, has the power to take over the world, like what? Yeah, that's kind of dumb. What? (laughs) Yeah, that was probably them trying to raise the stakes for their fun action adventure movie. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I forgive it. I I do too. We're not saying it's a perfect movie. No. It's it's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) By far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so... Imhotep's motives from the 1932 version are definitely more morally gray than the rest of them, which mm-hmm. is not to say that the way he goes about it is, like, he's he's a bad guy. Yeah, it's because, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just as gross as Frank, if not, no, he's definitely he, grosser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but is he, though? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, he was, okay, he was going to steal this woman who, had, like, was just a an innocent bystander. Uh, apart from the fact of being a, de- a descendant from the princess Oxenamon, steal her, bring forth her soul in in her body, then murder her and and also the love of his life against her will, and then bring her back. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gross. They're yeah. both gross. They're can both we, gross. Can we just concede that they're both? They gross? are both gross. I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about Emotep from the 1999 version, but I feel like you had some interesting things to say. It it is interesting how he is kind of a victim in the beginning. Mm -hmm. In a weird way, I find Ardeth Bay to be less of a victim in his mummification than Emotep. Yeah. Because the Pharaoh in the 1999 version is painted as this really creepy guy who keeps Anaxanamun as his mistress against her will. Mm-hmm. And she wants nothing to do with him. And she wants to, you know, in a lot of ways, Emotep is kind of a way to freedom for her. Mm-hmm. And he's she chooses him. And, you know, in, in the 1932 version, Ardeth Bay is trying to save 
Oxenamen. Yeah. But she didn't ask for it. And she clearly didn't want that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, later on, she she was like, no! Like... <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, I, I don't feel as bad for Ardith Bay as I do for Emotep in the beginning. Because all Emotep did, I mean, they committed treason against the Pharaoh. Sure. But he was creepy. And... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was a bad Pharaoh, too. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those <laughs> conventions of, like, oh, this ruler is, like not a great dude so like rebelling against him is kind of like a cool thing to do (laughs) yeah but then but then the victims of this end up becoming the villains it's 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 weird but interesting yeah i mean a little um convoluted as it goes on because as we said (laughs) he goes from being this like sympathetic guy who just wants his girlfriend back to, like, I'm going to take over the world now, which was not yeah. on his, like, he, you don't get the sense that he wanted to be Pharaoh after he killed the Pharaoh, do you? I thought it was just so he could, I don't know. I don't know why they killed the Pharaoh. No, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So let's talk about Aminet. Yay. <laughs> We're both, like, half cringing. Yeah. But I'm fully cringing. I mean, there is no half cringing here. <laughs> I... Would like to go back in time to when they started having these meetings of um, what the dark universe was going to be and that they were going to remake the mummy. And I would love to go back and sit in on the discussion about making the the character of the mummy a woman. Because I have questions. Why (laughs) is a big one. Yep. And not because I think it's a bad idea, but because um, I question their motives. And I would like them to tell me to my face why they decided to do that. Here's what gets me. I could have been down with the idea of a female mummy. But unlike the two emoteps, Aminat isn't really morally gray. Nope. At all. Nope. (laughs) Like, you never really feel bad for her. Nope. Because even in her backstory, she's like... A greedy, power-hungry... Exactly. I was just about to say that. Like, yeah. Her backstory is that she was the sole heir <laughs> of the pharaoh. You were so angry the entire like, movie. Pharaohs had hundreds of concubines. You mean to tell me this pharaoh had only one spermie <laughs> who made it to the egg, and it was this bitch. Until, oh until... He has a son. Yeah. And then Amina is uprooted as heir to this baby. And she doesn't like that. She's fucking pissed. She's so angry. So she murders a baby. Mm-hmm. She goes to set the god of death to ask for the power to take over Egypt. Which, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> that could have been interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it, it certainly doesn't, you know, put her in a very... Morally gray light. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what what drove me nuts about the fact that she goes to set for power is that it's not enough that she becomes a living demon. No, she needs to, she needs a man to -hmm. make her power complete. Like, what? Why is she okay with that? When, first of all, in ancient Egyptian culture, maybe American modern audiences can't handle this, but she would have married her brother. 
<laughs> and been queen anyway. Like, same power, bitch. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's how it would have happened. And she would have known that. And I don't, I know they obviously weren't staying true to, to ancient Egyptian history, but she has to give some guy all of her power so she can be his queen. And yeah. she's cool with that? It was, what? Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. And I say again to the meeting, the. I, it, it, uh, <laughs> Is that what you say? Yes. <laughs> but like, what? If you're, that's the, the reason why my first question is why is because I would like to know their motives. If their motives for doing this was like, okay, um, feminism, then <clears throat> you did a bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like to know why you think you did a good. <laughs> I would like to ask the writer in general why yeah. they think they did a good right at that movie. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that specifically drove me nuts. Like, they... <laughs> yeah. They made the character of the mummy a woman. And, and if they were trying to be... If they were trying to be, like... <clears throat> progressive about it I don't know but then they decided and we'll have her be scantily clad in bandages and we'll have her power depend on a man and we'll have lots of language uh, talking about her be um, uh, framed as uh, demonizing the feminine yep it was the worst attempt at feminism if it wasn't an attempt at feminism that I have ever seen yeah yeah again that's why my first question is why Yeah, if if she were a man, if they had just decided to make the mummy a man, which I I wish they would have, you know? Instead of this fucking disgrace. Yeah. I mean, like, I wish they had, because if they had, there is no way in hell they would have had a female ancient Egyptian god. And or the, even if they had stuck with Set, they wouldn't have been like, oh, you need to kill another person to bring set into their body so you can rule it his side they not they would not have done that nope. it would have just been enough for him to be what he was yep. it, and that's and that's one of those things where i feel like it's just internalized where they don't realize it's happening you know it was very internalized like like i mentioned the the language about her there was a lot of and like i get <laughs> that she was literally controlling Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of the language about it struck me as like gross and not in like an overtly sexist way. Not that they were like, it's fucking whore over mm-hmm. here. You know what I mean? Like the the classic like disparaging um, gendered slurs. But, you know, how they, 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 they like said stuff like she's in your head and she's using you. And like mm-hmm. j- over and over again, they kept on using these things that are like cliches that men say about their like crazy girlfriends mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it really struck me as gross for yeah. like a lot of the movie and I, I was thinking to myself the entire time like what were they trying to accomplish by making the mummy a woman and why is this what we were presented with yeah it, it's just so stupid and at the end when she is trying to manipulate Tom Cruise into just letting her perform this ceremony on him because she has made him her chosen one. Mm -hmm. She, like, starts to get all sexy with him and she's like, 
oh, do it. I'll be your queen. Mm -hmm. And like, I was just sitting in my seat writhing and like grossed out and like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you are a badass mummy demon lady. Like, why are you bowing down to this bitch man? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, she... She was, like, sexualized several times in a weird way. And like, she's a corpse. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like, those, those like, weird, it, like, flashes of him, of, of Tom Cruise in a desert with her standing, like, perfectly young and beautiful standing in front of him. And she, like, kisses people to take their energy. And at one point, they tease a kiss between her and Jenny. And it was just fucking gross and, and awful and a fucking yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Like, why does she have to kiss people to suck their energy? In the 1999 version... Emotep, you never really see him suck people's life force. You just see his jaw drop down a foot. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you see the person, it's just like a gross, nasty mummy guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's enough for that movie. Why do we need to see her put her mouth on men and suck their life force dry like a, like a literal succubus? Mm-hmm. Why? Yep. It's like they don't even realize how these like ways that women villains have been presented to them are affecting the way that they have decided this female villain and this movie in 2017 should be presented to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. It bothered me a lot. Yep. So, now that you've listened to that, I hope you fully agree that the 2017 remake is a dumpster fire nightmare. It definitely is. But the 1999 version. And we wholeheartedly recommend the 1932 version. Yes. Delightful. So, uh, my question for listeners... And you can reach out to respond to us on our website, itsnocitizenkane.com, or on Twitter at nocitizenkane, or Instagram at the same handle. Uh, My question is, have you encountered any other remakes that, not just that they're worse than the original, but that they are less progressive than the original? Yeah. Like this one. Yeah. So let us know what you think. That's interesting. I don't know if I can think of one right now. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, one last thing. We want to give a shout out to the Lady Pod Squad. Yeah. Who, they're just a great group of wonderful smart podcasting women yeah it's a it's a nice little community and so if you're looking for any other uh smart media and Mm non-media uh podcasts run by ladies uh check out the hashtag lady pod squad on twitter and you'll find some you'll find something you like yeah go go find some new uh female hosted shows to listen to yeah okay okay bye bye I like how I whispered it as if we're going to keep that in. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Terrible wine. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. We love you, Katie.